Welcome to another edition and episode of the Christian Coach Podcast. We are so glad you're taking the time to join us. Uh, our mission is to serve coaches through conversation so they can lead like Jesus. My name is Jim Good. I'm currently serving with Nations of Coaches, and I'm joined by one of our co-hosts, Gian Lemmy. How are you, Gian? Hey, Jim. Nice to be back in studio here. It is. I was just going to say, it's great having you back in the studio. We're actually just on Zoom, but Gian does so much for our podcast, so it's great to see his face. He's currently serving as the director of uh, tennis operations up there at Liberty University in uh, Virginia. How's the weather up there, Gian? Very, very cold. Very, very yeah. cold. Yeah. For someone who yes, I it's... told you before we started recording, I'm training for a marathon. It's very, God very bless cold. you. Yeah. God bless you. I know Virginia this time in December, uh, not the warmest day, but uh, man, it's so good to have Gian. Uh, we're excited for this episode. Uh, John Zeller is the uh, former executive director of SCORE International. And if you're not familiar with SCORE, they um, do short-term missions trips, athletic trips, um, work trips. And John has been serving um, with them for several years. He's transitioning now, but he's a former high school coach, college coach. Um, man, what a great conversation. Enjoyed um, that time with Coach Zeller. Gian, you got any um, takeaways or highlights from the episode? Yeah, I want to tease something. He actually lived the Remember the Titans storyline. He was yes. there, which is incredible. Just unbelievable. He was there. He remembers T.C. Williams high school and integration that happened um so that that's really unique he shares that story and then he also just casually you casually mentioned he was the yankees chaplain you know and he just yes. let it breeze by like hey, yeah that's what i did and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so yeah. he has a lot of stories i i love him talking about the power of mentors as well um and yeah it was such a great episode do you have anything that you want to highlight yeah, John's a great guy. Jay-Z, uh, known him for a while. I've had the privilege, opportunity to take two trips with SCORE, life-changing. So again, throughout this podcast, uh, you'll hear missions trips. And Coach, if you're debating or thinking about that, do your homework, do your research. What a great opportunity for you to go on a trip personally or with a team. But then, Gian, I loved him sharing the lesson when he moved out to California and began his uh coaching at the Masters Academy, and he learned a really important lesson and saw it demonstrated with John MacArthur. And so I'd encourage you to tune in to that lesson that he learned. But again, we thank you for taking the time to be with us. Uh, enjoy Coach John Zeller. All right, welcome to another episode of the Christian Coach Podcast. We're so excited that you can join us today. I'm excited to introduce our guest, Mr. John Zeller. How are you, Coach? Doing great, Coach. Good, good to be here this morning or this afternoon, and uh, uh, looking forward to our time together. Oh, excited for you to be part of our uh, podcast. Hey, here's what we usually start off with. It is our power question. So I'd like to ask you, Coach, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, first of all, it starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ on my behalf. So I become a follower of Christ. Uh, secondly, God gifted me and, and pas put passion in me to be a coach uh, that I've done for 31 years. And now, probably in the spring, going to reenter the coaching world again after a oh. few years being off. But um, 
God has uh, gifted me in this area of uh, leading men. But really the issue to me and what it means to be a Christian coach is to influence kids for Jesus Christ, mm. whether that's to have a personal relationship with Christ, build them up in Christ, help them to get through life and navigate all the life that happens uh, with a high school or a college kid. And I just want to be, I have uh, influence for them to become a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ. And um, that's what that means to me. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. And I love, I love that uh, phrase you use to influence kids and what mm -hmm. uh, power we have as coaches, man. Awesome. It takes us a while. It takes us a while, Jim, to get over that winning and losing stuff. We all, I did it. I know other people have, other coaches yeah. have. You got to get beyond the winning and losing. And, and when you start understanding that I'm not coaching for a one loss record, God could care less. I think he does care. And we want the kids prepared and to play well, but boy, he put us in positions there to be an influence and a factor for Jesus yeah. Christ. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, so good. I think we all got caught up in chasing that earthly scoreboard and that mm -hmm. Christian coach's priorities and perspective is that eternal scoreboard. I know I've got that, that straight. Hey, let's do this, Coach. Uh, take me back as far as you want, but I'm thinking about eight, nine, ten years old. What was it like in the life of John Zeller? Where'd you grow up? Uh, what was going on in your uh, in your uh, life, that eight-year-old boy, man? Well, I was born in uh, Effort of Pennsylvania, near Lebanon, Pennsylvania, okay. uh, home of Sam Bowie. Nice. <laughs> but uh, that I grew up in that Amish country. Um, there was only one sport in my town, and that was baseball. Hmm. That's the only sport that was organized and run. So consequently, I became a baseball guy. You know, that's all we did. Now, later on, after I moved away from there, I moved to Alexandria, Virginia when I was 13. And um, there I lived the, uh, um, uh, oh, the movie uh, Denzel Washington, T.C. Williams. I got, I got a, um, uh, Remember the Titans? Remember the Titans. I yeah. lived that movie. I lived the movie. Gotcha. I was the first white kid to ever play football at this middle school. Wow. And um, that's two years later is when T.C. Williams came a being. So my first year of high school was the first year of T.C. Williams. And uh, so I lived that movie. And and uh, that was a great experience. And, uh, you know, that's where I got my southern, a little bit of southern accent because you can't be talking like an Amish kid in Pennsylvania <laughs> living in northern Virginia. That ain't going to fly. I got you. But it really uh, was a great experience, built me in a lot of ways and taught me a lot of things that uh, um, I was, um, you know, I was sheltered from being in that small little yeah. town, Pennsylvania. But now I see where God's hand was putting on me to uh, prepare me in other ways. Yeah. And uh, even back then of getting me started and then, uh, in the ninth grade is where I really got influenced by a uh, – I made the freshman basketball team. Didn't know a lick about basketball, <laughs> first of all. Yeah, I got on the team at this George Washington High School, and they had some athletes. Yeah. <laughs> but I made the freshman team. But that coach influenced me in such a way, Mike Graffio, I remember him clearly, that I wanted to be a coach, and that's what I – 
set out to do. And uh, after I got done college at Tennessee Temple, started my coaching career in 1975. Man, that's going to lead right into uh, the power of mentors. You mentioned Mike Graffio, I believe, your freshman coach there in basketball. But just, mm -hmm. um, you know, the power of a coach, we already kind of talked about that. But I believe it's um, – you know, Billy Graham has the quote, you know, um, about a coach will impact more people in a year than the average person does in a lifetime. And, yeah. and just the power of coaching. And just just talk about, you know, Coach Graffio, maybe other mentors that you had that kind of shaped you into the leader that you are today. Well, I, I'll tell you one thing I learned from him. You got to be on time. Yeah. And back then, the freshman team had to practice three times a morning at 5.30 in the morning. Now, I had to get myself wow. up, uh, walk to the school. I know that up, sounds uphill, like Uphill both ways, probably. Both ways, both <laughs> ways. I had to walk to the school, and I had wow. to walk through a couple of bad areas. But mm. because I was known in the community as that white kid, yeah, I was never had any fear of doing that. Mm -hmm. just didn't, it just didn't. Wasn't afraid, but I had to walk there. But I was late the the first time, and he just told me, and I look, John, you, you're late the next time you're off the team. Wow. You got to be here. I was never late the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, if I can get there early, I'm going to get there early. And, yeah. uh, but he taught me that. And just the influence of, uh, you know, organization, uh, just, you know, just the way you do things. Yeah. And uh, or, uh, that just spoke volumes to me. I don't think he was a believer, but, you know, I just admired him so much. Yeah. Uh, he was a great guy. He got on to you, but he loved you. And uh, he loved us. And uh, we had a pretty decent team. And uh, he was he was just a good coach. Yeah. I, that's what that's what got me going and uh I, I i organized and i loved it i, loved I know it. Uh, a lot of coaches when they think about their mentors and it goes to a coach i think punctuality is one of the top things that uh we we've learned from our coaches you know my college basketball coach del <laughs> i played at clearwater christian and he said you know if you're on time you're late and the yeah. idea about setting your clock 10 minutes uh, early that way in case you're five minutes late you're still five minutes early <laughs> so, exactly. uh, no punctuality uh again we're with uh john zeller on the christian coach podcast coach i'm going to read a couple of the things that you've been involved with and experience and then i'm going to ask you this question about uh leadership because i know leadership's important to you it's important to our listeners we have a lot of coaches those involved in administration administration that listen to the show but i know you've been involved with uh score international the executive director the past 10 11 years and then on that board um you also were the minister through recreation at idlewire mm -hmm. baptist in tampa florida um i know you served as the new york yankees chaplain i know you were an athletic director at a christian school i believe in tampa and correct me if i'm wrong north carolina North Carolina and a college, Master's right. College. That's right. And then I know you coached uh, some soccer in college at the high school level and then also at Master's College. So I mm -hmm. love that resume in different places. God has, uh, you know, had you in, in those chapters. But what are some lessons you learned about leadership as you were a leader serving in those roles? 
Well, one of the big things, when I accepted the job as the athletic director and head baseball coach at the Masters College out in Santa Clarita, California, um, obviously that's the school where John MacArthur was president. Mm. And the biggest thing I learned from leadership was in the first couple of weeks. I pulled up my trailer, moving from uh, my truck and trailer from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I pull up into this brand new apartment complex and we're moving into the apartment on Saturday morning. And there Saturday morning is John MacArthur in his blue jeans, in his shirt, wow. works all day. He and his sons with me unloading my trailer, putting the furniture wow. up, making the beds, and then turns around and takes my wife and I and my two little boys out to dinner mm. and welcomes us to Southern California. So leadership to me, is he was right there with me. Uh, I, I worked directly for him. The athletic director role was to be under him directly. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the way it was set up there at that college at that time. And so, man, when you see that kind of servant leadership, uh, that, that was displayed to me the very first day in Southern California with my family. I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't that, believe it. And that speaks volumes because I'm sure that oh. happened, what, 25, 30 years ago? That happened in 1985. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. Uh, August of 85. Yep. It's, it's kind of like the idea, you know, uh, that servant leadership. A lot of times um, we think of leadership as being on top of that mountain, on top of that hill, and we're barking <laughs> orders and saying, come on, get on up here, get up here where you're supposed to be. And sometimes, yeah. man, that leader needs to be down in the valley, down, down in the pit with his, you know, so-called followers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, a sign of that. And then to see, you know, as we've learned from coaching uh, kids, kids, uh, here's what I've learned in 31 years, Jimmy. Kids will do anything as long as they know you love them, mm. you care for them, Yeah, that you're behind, you're not coaching to satisfy my ego or my resume. Mm. That's not why I coach. When they when they suspect that, and it's just a win loss deal, that's that's tough. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough way to coach. And, and you, I I I always felt like I was somewhat hard on my players, but on the other side, I think my players knew I loved them, yeah. cared for them, and would do anything for them. Yeah. And all they had to do was reach out. Yeah. And uh, and even and that so. <clears throat> excuse me, I, I I think that kind of leadership is where you're with your people, with your players, and they know you care about them. They'll go to the wall for you. No question. And so good right there, coach. That is gold, man. That is gold right there because that's the transactional versus transformational coach. And we hear that exactly. term a lot. And I know in my life, boy, I, I blew it earlier. I know a lot of us did in our twenties <laughs> and thirties with our ego <laughs> and I've learned this, you know, I, I've always loved my athletes and I share this with people, but I love them as players. And when yeah. I love them as players, it's like, what can they do for me? Mm -hmm. And then later in my career, I started loving them as people. And now it's, what can I do for you? And man, that, so, that changed. So true, uh, yeah. Jimmy. And then what's really cool and you're experiencing and I have experienced and so do other coaches later on in life. Now I'm still Coach Zeller to a lot of my players, yeah, yeah. and I've done their weddings. I've mm. uh, baptized them. 
I've uh, dedicated their homes, their yeah. family, uh, their uh, children. That's uh, cool. I, you know, just those things that are just, man, they just bring a smile to your face and, and joy to your heart that uh, things weren't done in vain. And uh, God has just uh, blessed me to be a part of them. And then uh, these kids and help them and then help them through some of their struggles that yeah. they've had to walk through as well. Well, the power, again, the power of a coach and that mm -hmm. trust that's uh, formed in that bond. Hey, coach, let me ask you this. Um, we have uh, probably several different ages of coaches that listen to this. And I know mentorship's important to you. Uh, so kind of a three-part uh, question here. What mm -hmm. advice would you give to, let's say, that young coach? He's starting off. He's he's 20, 21, 22. He's kind of coming right out of college, uh, maybe a GA at the college level, maybe starting off as a middle school coach. But then also, what advice would you give that that 40-year-old coach? He's kind of settling in a little bit. He, he's married. He's got a family. And then the third part here is that the coach who's winding down, he, he's 60, 62, 65. He, he's, he sees the end of the finish line. So what advice would you give to those three types of stages there? Well, the first thing that uh, happened to me was when I was hired, my athletic director hooked us up with a uh, school up in Greensboro, North Carolina. We were in Charlotte and we would go up there and spend a week with the head football coach. Now it wasn't, we didn't have football. I was a soccer, I was coaching high school soccer and high school baseball. But what I learned from that guy, Doug Henderson was man, practice planning, mm. organization, uh, how you, how you run a locker room, yeah. how you run a coaching staff, how do you run a coaching a program, man, find that guy. Now we would say that spiritually, uh, I guess, uh, Jimmy, we would say that find that Paul, yeah. you know, find that guy who can be uh, a mentor to you. We probably did. I probably did that five, six years in a row. I learned so much from watching him coach football. Yeah. The next thing that my AD did was take me to a lot of clinics Yeah. and took me to all kinds of clinics. There's all kinds of things you can learn from all coaches, basketball coaches, uh, boy, I remember back in the day listening to Larry Brown mm -hmm. and listening to Bill Foster, listening to uh, so many uh, Raleigh Massimino. Uh, yeah. you, you got you got to put earplugs in a little bit. But <laughs> listen to some guys that you know just had success as coaches, and then and then looking at that forties, uh, probably the biggest advice I get you is get set in a system. Now, when I was young, I'd go to a clinic and I'd come back. We're going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I go to the next one. Oh, we're going to do this. Guilty. But I guilty. You, oh, very. <laughs> when I was 40, um, Andy Lopez, who coached baseball at the University of Florida, coached at Arizona, a uh, very successful college coach, uh, played at Pepperdine, coached out there, co uh, you, uh, played at USC. Anyway, all that. Yeah. Andy Lopez told me, look, Find a system and stay with it. Mm, that's good. You tweak it. You can move it. You got to adjust it to who you're playing, all that. But stay with a philosophy and a system. In other words, this is who we are. Yeah. We are this. We don't vary. Everybody knows who we are. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, this is how we do it. And then you stick with it. And then go back to the third question. You get out there 62, 65, you're starting to look for somebody to take your place mm. and you have influence on them. Instead of me finding a Paul, now I'm a Paul finding yeah. a Timothy and I'm finding that young guy that I can pour into and help set up uh, his career and do what I can to help him. Uh, the last four years of my coaching career, I wasn't the head coach. I was just an assistant, yeah. but I could do more with him as an assistant than I could do as the head coach. Yeah. In, in other words, I, uh, let me run the practice. Let me, let me develop the philosophy of things and, and what you want, what we want, but this is how we're going to do things. Yeah. And we had very good success that way. And, and plus I couldn't get fired because I was a volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, uh, man, those thoughts and insights, I hope our listeners stay tuned and listen into that. Great advice for those different stages. And just to piggyback on that young coach who may be listening, the the idea of, you know, when you are through learning, you are through. So you yeah. better be learning. And I love how you emphasize learning from other coaches. Go to another sport. If you're a basketball mm -hmm. coach, go learn from the soccer coach. If you're a football coach, learn from the baseball coach. And, exactly. Uh, man, that was good. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people think, well, hey, I can't learn anything from Larry mm -hmm. Brown. You can, you can yeah. learn practice organization. You can yeah. learn team rules. Uh, you know, you 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 know, you, here's another thing I'll say. As you get older, I found it when I was a young coach, I must have had three pages of rules. Yeah. When I was an old coach, I had one rule. Be yep. on time. You'll learn about the rest of them later. Yeah, Just that's be good. On time. That's you good. know, I, I love Mike Jarvis. Uh, in his book, Everybody Needs a Head Coach, yeah. said there's the, he, he gave three great principles. Show up every day, work hard, do it for God. There you go. I love it. I love it. Coach, let's transition here a little bit. Um, SCORE International. Tell me a little bit about SCORE. I'm familiar with them, but we may have some listeners that are not. Um, the mission, the values, the role that you have played and maybe currently playing. But just tell us a little bit about what SCORE is all about. Yeah, SCORE was started in 1984 when I was coaching at Tennessee Temple University. Our athletic director and basketball coach, Ron Bishop, started that, uh, asked me to be a part of it. So I, I we go down and sign the papers, get it started. We, we engage people in short-term mission trips and started out as a full-fledged sports ministry it's evolved into a full sending ministry now. We do, we have missionaries, we have medical missions, we have uh, orphanages, schools. Um, we even have a technical school down in uh, teaching um, technical things and mm -hmm. teaching how to guys to do heating and air conditioning and blah, 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 electrical and, and uh, school. Way more than sports now, then, huh? Way more yeah, than sports. Yeah, we're way more than sports. In fact, we're uh, we're only about fifteen percent sports. Wow. We're we're probably eighty percent to eighty five non sports, but that's just the way God evolved the ministry. Yeah. Uh, I served on the board, then I became the executive director, and now I have stepped down and passed that baton on to another man, and now I'm just a missionary with Score, uh, still leading, mobilizing teams to go on trips, engaging people in short term missions because we know what that does. To a young athlete or a young player and uh, we take teams overseas and let them both domestically as well as internationally and let them experience uh, sharing the the gospel of christ through the platform of sports that's 
probably where I'm at personally right now. Yeah. And all, and like you said, with your advice, you're kind of following your advice now as you pass that baton off to, yeah. to the next guy. So that's cool. Hey, nobody, see. nobody wants a white haired 69 year old guy <laughs> uh, in an organization, you know, uh, uh, I love it. And I will stay, we'll, uh, keep pushing trips, uh, teams go on trips. And, uh, so I'm enjoying this time in my life and centered on discipleship, mentoring, as you said, still doing chapel with the Yankees. Mm. And uh, I love that part of my, I love the life that God has given me and the ministry God has That's given awesome. me. Let me ask you this with SCORE, because I am familiar with them. And if a coach is approached with the opportunity or kind of maybe um, going on a short-term missions mm. trip, what, what's your advice? What's your encouragement? What's your challenge as they think through that process of maybe going with their team or a group of people? Well, you've been on trips, not with our organization, but other organizations. There, there's a lot of people out there. We're not the only one out there. First of all, I think it's the best thing you could ever do for your team and team building. Uh, when they get into the especially international or some of the domestic areas we go and see the poverty and see what kids got to overcome to play. Uh, that's something everybody needs to learn. And, um, you know, I, I would say you got to get over the fear of it though. Yeah. It took me personally, it took me five years to get over the fear of saying yes, because I knew it have to raise a ton of money, mm -hmm. so to speak, but you know what God orders, he pays for But I think it's the best thing for team unity. I think it's the best thing to show kids that they're here to serve, mm. not to get, they're here to give. Yeah. And I and I I love I love it when I have players who are not takers. We've all coached kids; they're nothing but takers. Man, I want kids that have the character that they're givers and not takers. And I want to play for a coach that's a giver, not a taker. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I that's what I want. And I think going on a mission trip puts you together for five, six, seven days. And you're doing nothing but serving yeah. and realizing how you can use your sport to proclaim the good news of Christ, but also just to help people. Yeah. I mean, people, there's people hurting all over this world. And man, if we could just bring a, a piece of leather, put some air in it and bounce mm -hmm. it and reach some people, man, that that right there, eh, that's what it's all about. I would echo all of those thoughts exactly for the coach that may be contemplating that. And I would say personally, life changing, life changing mm. experience, coach. No I did. I did travel with score. So in 1999, yeah, you did. I, right. I went to uh, Budapest, Hungary. That was <laughs> eye opening. Uh, the <laughs> next year uh, with Reg Cook and Ron Bishop was still with us. I went to uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Ooh. And man, that was a good trip. I, I ate good down in Argentina. And yeah, buddy. just recently uh, with another organization, man, I got to take my wife, my kids, my team. We went to uh, Barcelona, Spain. Mm -hmm. And wow, like you said, it, it was just incredible bonding. And I'll share this, coach. I think, you know, I'm going to Panama next month and we're partnering up with SCORE. Uh, the ministry I'm involved with, Nations of Coaches, we got a group going down doing some clinics and teaching the coaches as well as the kids. So excited about that. So I am a, a proud supporter of mission trips. And if you can get involved with score international, it is life changing. 
It really is. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, it'll it'll change your life. I took my first trip. I was on the board of directors in 1985. Did not take my first trip with my team till 1996. Wow. And I'll tell you, changed my life forever. And here I am doing what I'm doing now. And uh, praise God for that. Awesome. Again, with uh, John Zeller, former executive director of Score International, former high school coach, college coach. We appreciate the time. As we're getting ready to wrap things up, coach, we're going to have some fun and do a rapid fire questioning at you. So <laughs> get ready for that. We're going we're gonna to close in prayer. But here's kind of my last question I'm going to ask you. Um, this season of life, you you mentioned, you know, re-entering coaching. So I'm going to ask you to kind of share about that. And then besides that, what is God currently teaching you? Maybe right now yeah. at this stage. So so what's coming up in the future and then what's God teaching you? Well, this past summer uh, in June, I had the privilege with five other ex-college coaches to go to Hilldale, Utah. Now, a lot of people wouldn't know exactly where that is. But that's in the southeast corner of the state of Utah. At one time, it was run by a uh, people that we that they might have heard about Warren Jeffs, and it was a fundamental uh, Latter Day Saints community. Okay. And what that really means, a lot of you may not know that but these kids were not allowed to play high school sports for thirty five years, up wow. until two years ago. Wow! Two years ago, they. Finally, Warren Jeffs got put in prison for the polygamist uh, uh, things and and uh, underage children and the, the whole mess of it. And now this town had opened up. So they were allowed to play basketball and baseball. And I went up there after their first year. Uh, and for not playing for 35 years, here's what you got. They scored three runs the whole season. Wow. So, <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so I'm going back up there this spring. They asked if I would come and coach their baseball team. Oh, for, three months. for you. And I'm going up there or over there. I'm living in Tampa, so I got to go west. And I'm going there to coach from February, middle of February till the middle of May. I will be at Water Canyon High School Man. coaching the varsity baseball team. Good and for you, made coach. A, made a two-year commitment to do that. And uh, if any that, coach, listen, I'm, I'm interjecting. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. I'm glad you shared that, man. I'll be praying I am, on that. And uh, we're going to be coaching it, but we're really there again to impact these kids. They've been yeah. isolated. They've been uh, oppressed. They've been held back because yeah. the, the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints kept them from playing sports. Wow. And they weren't allowed to play. They had the boys had to quit school at 13 to 14, go to work. Yeah. And um, it, it's really a sad situation. So uh, I can tell you, I'm not going up there to coach for wins and losses because no. uh, scoring three runs, I saw what they had. Um, we're, we're just going to coach for a purpose, there purpose beyond, beyond the game. There and then what is God teaching me now? Um, that's, that's a real easy question, uh, Jimmy. My life, I want to spend the rest of the days of my life on this earth in discipling men. And become strong followers of Jesus Christ, and that they would go become disciples, filling, fulfilling the literal truth of Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Mm. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's that's my goal till God takes me home. Love and uh, that God's teaching me, hey, yeah, that takes patience, that takes a lot of time. 
and it takes a lot of uh, a lot of hours. But love it. That's where I'm at. Love it, Coach. I appreciate you sharing that, man. I'm excited for you and that new chapter. You're going to be awesome. Um, all right, we're getting ready to close here, Coach. So here it is. I got my rapid fire. So this is ten questions in a minute. So it's the first Ooh. thing, first thing that comes to your mind. So you just got to shoot it off really fast. Ooh. You got to get it done in a minute, man. So all right. you ready? I'm gonna start yep. stopwatch. All right, here we go. Favorite junk food? Uh, Big Mac. Nice. Your go-to restaurant? Uh, Beef O'Brady's. All right. Favorite sport to play? Baseball. Favorite sport to watch? College basketball. Nice. Uh, sports car or truck? Truck. All right. Movie or book? Movie. All right. Uh, beach house or cabin in the woods? Cabin in the woods. Favorite ice cream flavor? That uh, Dolce, Duce, whatever. <laughs> What's that? Dolce de Luce. There you go. There it there is. Go. I got that in Argentina. Favorite <laughs> yeah. Bible character? Uh, Joseph. Joseph. All right. Last but not least, we got seven seconds. One word to describe you. Faithful. Nice. I would agree with that, Coach. Faithful. You have been faithful. I've known you for about 20 plus years and you've been a mentor in my life. I remember meeting you when you come and spoke in chapel. We've had great memories, given devotion, Bible studies with my basketball team when I was down at Highlands Christian in Pompano. So appreciate your faithfulness, Coach. Uh, as we close, uh, what can I pray for? Well, just pray. As you know, I deal with uh, cancer. That's always mm -hmm. been a part of me since 2012. <clears throat> uh, and then pray that, uh, you know, I can keep doing what I what I love to do. And then this sitting in Hill, Hilldale, that my health will keep me from any yeah. kind of setbacks. Let's do it. I'm going to close in prayer if I can do that. You got it. God, thanks for an incredible conversation with John. Thank you for his faithfulness over the years, his family. Uh, thank you for... Um, just the relationship that he's had with so many individuals as a coach, as a chaplain. And um, I echo his thoughts about being a faithful man of God. And thank you for his mentorship in my life and so many other people's lives. Thank you that our um, listeners got to hear a little bit about his heart, his leadership, his mentorship. We do pause and pray for his health, Lord. We know that you are in control of that. We just lift that up to you. We also pray for this new journey, this new chapter about going and coaching. And it's not about the scoreboard. It's uh, it's way bigger than that, to be a coach of significance and to pour into these young men's lives. So thank you for that opportunity you're giving to him. Pray for his, uh, his wife, Katie, and their family. And just we lift this up in this time to you. Thank you again for who you are and what you do in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Jay-Z, what a, what a great guy. Loved hearing his conversation with you, Jim. One of the things that really stood out to me was how he said that he had so many rules when he first started coaching, but then now he narrowed it down to one. Don't be late. <laughs> yeah, be on time. <laughs> yeah, be on time. That's right. Um, and, I, and I just loved how when you asked him, you know, advice for a coach in the 20s, a coach in the 40s, a coach in the, in the 60s, you know, how sometimes when we're first beginning, we just read so many books, listen to podcasts, and we're like, oh, I like this. Let's implement it right now. Oh, I like this one. Let's implement it right now. And I feel like I did that when I first started yeah. reading business books and coaching books and all those things. 
And it just made my players confused. Like, hey, this week we're focusing on this, but then this next week we're focusing on complete, something completely different. And I could just see how that was not beneficial. Now I can see it. Back then I was like, how can you not understand this? It feels like it's, you know, the Patriots are doing and the Celtics are doing, it should work here with girls tennis, yeah. you know? Uh, so good. I, I can relate a little bit to that too. Coaching basketball for 25 years. I remember in my 20s, I would have like nine or 10 different defenses and I'm trying to do this two, two, one press, one, two, two trap. We're going to go, man, we're going to, and I'm like, what is going on? So in my forties, it was like, here's our two defenses. Here's our three defenses. And like you said, it confuses the players, but John Zeller, just a great guy, great heart. You, you can see how God just prepared um, his path to do exactly what he's called him to do. So I consider him a mentor, consider him a friend. And it was just a great uh, conversation. I appreciate him taking the time to do that. Yeah, that was so great. And coach, we're going to finish this episode like we always do, just reminding you that the mission field is right where you're at.